Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Midnight News. Today I'm joined by Miss Maggie. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little about what you've been up to lately? Yes, I'm Maggie Grout. I'm a university student from Colorado. I've also started a nonprofit called Thinking Huts, and we're planning our first virtual gala, which will be premiering on YouTube this Sunday. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting! Yeah. <laughs> so, for those of us who may not know, do you want to give just a quick overview of Thinking Huts and how the idea came to you? Yes, I started Thinking Huts when I was a sophomore in high school, so it's been about five years now, and I had this idea to 3D print schools, and we are planning to build our pilot project with a community in Madagascar, so yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wait, okay, so how did the idea come to you, or did you just come up with the idea all of a sudden? So my dad has been a huge influence in my life. This particular idea came to me when I was in his office and we were talking about the future of technology and it was just starting off with 3D printing in the construction industry. So I thought it would be really cool to use technology to create schools and use that to um, create an innovative solution that could be applied to developing countries and sort of redistribute the technology we have more in the Western world that's not available. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's super cool. Do you have a background in 3D printing at all or is that more your dad? Um, neither of us did. So it's been um, five years of mainly research on this. It's still fairly new. We're partnering with a 3D printing company. They're based in Finland. So they do most of the technical stuff. So we have like all the idea behind it, the design we're creating, but then they'll come in and like help teach the community and they'll be responsible for helping us like go through those processes and trying to source the materials. Oh my goodness, what? So how did you find this company to partner with in Finland? Yeah, so I that's also part of our research. I had looked into five different companies like based around the world and just based upon our conversations, I got along the most with the, their CEO, Fernando, and I think that's the best indicator of if a partnership will go well if you get along. So that's how we chose them. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. And how did you come across Madagascar? Why Madagascar? Yeah, so we had initially started with like Indonesia, Sierra Leone, Tanzania as options, um, but we eventually settled on Madagascar for our first project due to the local partnership because that was really important. We wanted people working with the community and a very collaborative approach. And another thing was just the stable outlook they have with their government. Um, we didn't want to come in uh, with more of an unstable type of government and I think it would cause more problems for us if we had gone with the other countries as an option. Wow. Okay, wait, so how long does it take to 3D print a school? So to 3D print the walls, it'll be done in two or three days. So it decreases the traditional construction process from months to like a matter of days, essentially. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pre-COVID, obviously, this was already rolling. So would you and your dad and your board be able to go out there and see production? Or is that, or would you go out after the school is done? Or would you have any part in overseeing the actual production? Yes. So we'll all be coming in, like my dad, I, the 3D printing partner, and we'll come to the location that's overseen by the local nonprofit partner, Seed. And so, yeah, we'll build it all together and we're planning on teaching the community how to use it so it can be implemented in future projects. And yeah, it'll be a very collaborative project. So we'll be there from the start. (laughs) Oh, wow. So how are you able to, I guess, partner with or source then the people who will act as teachers for these schools? So that's what is covered by our local nonprofit partner. They already have a lot of stuff in place. So the government typically will send the teachers and that's how it's matched with the school. Oh, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) Look at you just being a queen of all these partnerships. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you come across the name Thinking Huts? Yes, I was inspired a lot by the traditional mud huts that I would see in a lot of news reports from Africa and many different countries within the continent use them. Um, I thought it would be cool to draw from that design element and incorporate that in a more, um, I guess, technical design with the concrete building and put a more empowering meaning behind the image of a hut because I know a lot of that is not really looked upon in a positive light when people talk about huts Um, but I think that this will be a symbol that we can increase access to education through partnerships and trying to sort of flip the humanitarian aid model because a lot of it has come down to more of like a white savior complex which is not true with a lot of um, solutions at more of a grassroots level and that's what we're trying to do here working together with the community. Oh my goodness this is so amazing I'm literally in awe. (laughs) (laughs) Well thank you that means a lot. (laughs) Oh um, so kind of going into sustainability Do you want to speak on the thought process behind how you were able to come up with this idea of building schools that would be done in a sustainable way? Yeah, of course. So with 3D printing, it decreases the construction time and waste. And that's a huge part of how it would differ from a traditionally built school. And the material we use is a modified concrete mixture and that will be sourced locally as well. And that will decrease our carbon footprint by up to 32%. And then our waste is decreased by almost half. So a lot of that um, will support that sustainability in this way. And we're also looking into doing um, locally sourced materials for everything else. So it's a hybrid where the walls are printed and then the roof, windows, doors, everything else will also include the local economy. And for insulation, the walls are essentially hollow. So we're hoping to use waste and put that inside to help with that. Yeah. What? Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. This is genius. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so I think I saw on your site there is a little uh, model that shows basically the process of building the school. So how does how does that work? What is the process of the 3D printing? What comes first? Yeah, so the only thing that's coming out of country would be the 3D printer, which looks more like a robot, honestly. So <laughs> the material will get extruded through the nozzle, and it goes through a process called additive manufacturing, which mainly means it'll come out of the nozzle and um, the layers will go on top of each other, building from the ground up, and that's how the wall is constructed. So it'll be one wall at a time that builds, and then the total will have eight sides. So we have like the octagon design in there. So, <laughs> Oh my goodness. And how many students can you probably fit in each school? We're aiming for about 30. So the design we have is about 1,100 square feet. So it really depends on also the, I guess, the desks they choose as well of how many students they could fit into the structure. Because here in the U.S., um, traditionally schools are are given more square footage per student, whereas over in Madagascar, they may fit more students in one building than we would. Okay. And then is the roof made out of the same material as the walls or... So, no, the walls are the concrete mixture, and then the roof will be traditional beams, and then corrugated tin is used for the roof because they do a lot of rainwater harvesting, and that's the best way they collect it. Jeez! Yes. How are you able to source all of these materials? So, a lot of it comes down to people who sell it already. So, we'll just be that's the main research thing we'll be approaching as the date comes sooner. Um, and then, yeah, where our hope is to hopefully support people who are already making what we need and instead of just bringing outside materials. Wow, girl. Amazing. <laughs> um, and I guess just overall how does 3D printing aid the education crisis? Yes, so we're using it to specifically tackle overcrowding and the lack of investment in education infrastructure. So we're hoping using 3D printing, we can increase the number of schools we're able to build. While the overall goal is to close the global opportunity gap by encouraging innovation, um, where the North has more access to these opportunities, we would be sort of spreading that out and partnering with local communities and giving them the tools to create more things in the future. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is literally so innovative. I need it sometime to let it all seep in. This is so cool. Um, you guys, I saw on your site as well that you send these things called think boxes and it sounds like you've already sent a lot of them over is that right yes so while the technology was developing and we were planning for this being our end goal with the 3d printed schools we thought we could address more immediate needs by sending more education care packages to communities and we focused these in guatemala and the dominican republic and mission trips would bring them along with them as carry-ons to help us get it to the location. Okay. So 
what are in these boxes and how do they work? How are you sourcing the uh, resources and uh, working on the deployment of the boxes? Yes. So these were done in 2017 and 2019, and they were largely donation-based. It varied on the location, but the main things were notebooks, pencils, blankets, soaps, and toothpaste, those types of things, just basic things we thought would help with the education process there. Wow. Are you guys still working on the boxes or... Not now. We're focusing all of the efforts on the pilot project for now, um, but we do hope to incorporate Think Boxes again in the future. Okay, great. Well, if anyone wants to know about how to look up um, these Think Boxes, they're on their site, which is thinkinghuts.org. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so, oh my gosh, you're so busy. How do you stay balanced and manage your schedule? A lot of it is just lists. I am a very type A type of person. So <laughs> I'll constantly be looking at the calendar. I'm a visual person, so I need to like see what I need to get done every day. And a lot of it is just inside your mind. You just have to make sure that you're not stressing yourself out. And it's so easy to get anxious over things but just taking a step back and realizing that things won't happen overnight and that things will get done and to not be afraid to ask for help if things get overwhelming is what I found works the best for me. Oh yes, that's such good advice. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you become so passionate about this project? I think I'm largely influenced by sort of my origin story of being adopted from China and just knowing that my life could have been a lot different. And I am very passionate about education, and I think that it has the power to solve a lot of problems that we are facing in the world. So that's how I got really passionate about finding a solution that would really encourage education around the world, hopefully. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait to see where this journey takes you. It's been fun following along so far. <laughs> and I love following your personal page. You post so many great like tips and motivational things and quotes and your conversation pieces are so well thought out and thought provoking. How do you personally stay inspired and motivated? I try to follow people that I look up to on social media. I find it really hard nowadays. I feel like a lot of people have to feel pressured to have this image on there and just do what everyone else is doing when it really does not help anybody. And I know a lot of mental health issues are tied to social media. And I think that it's so important to surround yourself with people that you're getting quality information from and it's not just about themselves they're trying to add something to the world like with you I just love to read about what you're up to and I remember when you were doing poetry and your photography is so beautiful and stuff like that is so important and for me personally I really try to put stuff out there on my personal pages that I hope will help other people and just remind people that we all are human and it's okay to not have to be perfect all the time, which is what I think 
a lot of social media tries to enforce nowadays. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, retweet girl. <laughs> <laughs> you are so sweet. Uh, we met, what, like a couple years ago already? Yeah, and- I think I saw you on social media <laughs> and I was like, oh, we can go to the Butterfly Pavilion, I yeah. think it was. <laughs> yes, oh my gosh, I, I literally, within like the first 15 seconds of meeting you, I was I thought to myself, I was like, this girl like radiates joy. She's so cool. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That means so much. I remember <laughs> when I first saw you on social media, I was like, oh, I really want to be her friend. So cool. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> so you have nailed down these partnerships. You are a savvy businesswoman, nonprofit owner. Look at you go, girl. Do you have any tips for people who are looking to either start partnerships or dive into that or how to um, better manage partnerships? I think a lot of it comes down to being okay with getting a no and just constantly putting yourself out there. And it's really hard. Like you're sending all these emails out, like trying to connect with people and some people won't respond at all or other people (laughs) just won't be able to give you the advice you're looking for, but just continuing to move ahead with things is so important and being able to see a failure as something you can grow from. Because I've had like a lot of experiences in the past, which have not been super fun. Um, A lot of it comes down to also the people you come in contact with. Like some people will look down on you, especially if you are more of a minority or in my case, like a female trying to go in more of a male dominated industry. There will will be people that don't take you seriously and you've just got to push through and try not to let them get to you. Oh, really? Have you felt that kind of pressure and that? kind of I guess like less encouragement as a female in this space have you felt that pressure for sure I think um coming at it from a business perspective too um in that school I feel like those you have less opportunities in this field and then especially in 3d printing and technology um none of the founders I had encountered at these 3D printer companies were female. So it's mainly just me being (laughs) the female in this space. And um, that was a huge influencer in trying to find these partnerships, just being respected and knowing that the partners that I will be pursuing a future with will take me seriously, even though I am younger than a lot of other people they may encounter. And also, how I look to. I know that, especially like growing up, I didn't see a lot of people like me. So I'm hoping that will change in the coming years. Girl, you are so well-spoken. I don't know what these people, (laughs) they're missing out. I'm telling you, my goodness. You're so smart. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and for, I guess, just spreading some inspiration. I'm so (laughs) excited to follow along and aware slash how can we find Thinking Huts and support you on this endeavor? Yeah, so our website is thinkinghuts.org 
and you can find us on all social media platforms at Thinking Huts. And if you would like to tune into our virtual gala, you can either RSVP or tune in at our YouTube channel and it will be free for everybody to attend. <laughs> ah, love it. Thank you so much again, Maggie. I wish you all the best of luck with Thinking Huts. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.